I'm Dwight Bingham. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show, where we discuss all things social and criminal justice related, from the front end to the back end, and everything in between. You have a right to remain silent, because anything you say can and will be held against you. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. You're in the self-incrimination protection zone, where there is no cruel and unusual punishment, no illegal search and seizure. The exclusionary rule has you covered. So sit back, relax, and become sold on this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show. I'm DeWitt Bingham, your host. Thank you for tuning in to the show that discusses all things social justice and criminal justice, where the goals are to inform you, the American citizen, of your constitutional rights, to provide educational and occupational guidance to high school and college students, and to be a voice for change. I'm excited about today's show because we have two emerging adult superstars with a lot of diversity. So without any further ado, I introduce to some and present to others, Ms. Ella Woodruff and Mr. Alexander Johnson. <laughs> Welcome to the show, lady and gentleman. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> the title of today's show is Jury Selection and Trump versus Stormy Daniel. You should know that if former President Trump is arrested the indictment will allege criminal violations. I only use Stormy Daniels for sensationalism, melodrama, and scandal. Y'all do know we've never had a former president indicted, right? Y'all do know that, right? Correct. Okay. All right. Let's get right into it. Segment one. Segment one is for the educational and occupational guidance of high school and college students. We accomplished this by having our guests introduce themselves. So if you would, tell the audience where you were born and raised, what high school you attended, your major or planned major, why you enrolled in the course, and give us one career goal, beginning with you, Alexander. I'm from El Paso, Illinois. I went to El Paso Gridley High School. Oh, man. Love El Paso Gridley. Right there with Brendan Loftus. I was going to say, do you know the Loftus brothers? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, for, I think I think he was in school with me for a year. Okay. And then plan on majoring in political science. And then I love criminal justice. That's my future career, hopefully, is law enforcement. All right. Very good. Ella? Um, I was born in Bloomington, but I was raised in Colfax for a few years. Then I we moved back to Bloomington. I go to university high school. I'm still in high school. I plan on majoring in sociology and also double majoring in anthropology. Um, I'm going to ISU in the fall, so it's very exciting. <laughs> I enrolled in this course because I wanted to try something new. I've always been interested in criminal justice, and I wanted to give it a shot and hopefully learn something new, and I have. And I would say a career goal for me is to become an anthropologist in the future, hopefully, or at least work with history in some sort of way and help create society a better place. <laughs> Wonderful. And so did I read, Ella, that you actually go to university high school? Yes, I do. Wonderful. 
For the audience's understanding, they should know that University High School is the pioneers. <laughs> okay? Yes. That's the first thing. And it is an Illinois State University lab school. Is that correct? Yes. Some of you may not know that Illinois State University, my alma mater, founded in 1857, is the oldest public college in the state of Illinois. It is recognized as one of the top producers of teachers in the United States. It is a teacher's college with over 40 different teaching programs in the College of Education. This doesn't even include the College of Applied Science and Technology, which houses the best criminal justice department on this side of glory. The department which I received a master's degree and in which I currently am employed. Neither does it include the other great ISU colleges, such as the College of Arts and Sciences, College of Business, College of Fine Arts, and College of Nursing. Now, Ella said that she is still in high school. She is part of what Heartland Community College calls college now. It is the opportunity to earn dual credit, high school and college credit while still in high school. Go on with your bad self, girl. Something that can save you money in the long run and something that is being practiced all across the country. I recommend that all high school seniors take full advantage of the opportunity. All right. Anything else I need to add? I don't think so. All right. Very good. All right. Segment two, constitutional rights. Segment two is to inform the public of their constitutional rights. Before we have you to tell us what your favorite constitutional right is, let's remind the audience that the title of today's episode is Jury Selection and Trump versus Stormy Daniels. Let's start by mentioning a case that you learned about in this particular unit. So just so that the audience understands, these titles and topics that we are talking about on the podcast are topics and discussions that we are currently covering at the time. And we just finished a unit that encompasses the court system. And you guys have learned about the case Taylor versus Louisiana, which is a 1975 case that was an eight to one decision handed down in favor of Taylor by the United States Supreme Court. The court held that a jury made up of a representative cross section of the community is an essential component of the Sixth Amendment. So when we talk about jury selection, it's part of the Sixth Amendment. While not actively disqualifying women from serving on the jury, the state of Louisiana systematically prevented many women from serving. So first thing I want to ask you guys is, do you think that women are to be allowed to serve on a jury? What do you think, Alexander? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. What you think, Ella? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know what was in the, what's in the water down in Louisiana, but they're going to try to keep the woman off the jury, out of the jury pool? Come on now. This ain't the year 1800. <laughs> this is 1975. There's two types of juries. I should say there are two types of jury members. There's grand jury members and there are jury trial members. Our audience should know that a grand jury is made up of 16 to 23 people. Grand jury proceedings are not open to the public and defendants and their attorneys do not have the right to appear before a grand jury. 
If you didn't have grand juries, then what would happen? You would have judges actually making the decision as to whether or not individuals are going to be charged with a criminal offense. And then judges could possibly railroad people. So by having grand juries, you actually get the citizens involved. And so it's kind of like a checks and balances in the system, which is a very good thing. And as mentioned, we have jury trials where you have 12 people and alternates make up a criminal jury. A unanimous decision must be reached before a defendant is found guilty. The government must prove the crime was committed beyond a reasonable doubt. There are two types of trials. There are bench trials and there are jury trials. In a bench trial, the judge makes the final decision in the case. After hearing the evidence, the judge not only decides the legal issues in the case, but is also the fact finder who decides who to believe and who ultimately wins or loses. The jury trial or trials in criminal and civil cases are generally conducted the same way. After all the evidence has been presented and the judge has explained the law related to the case to the jury, the jurors decide the facts in the case and render a verdict. What kind of trial is most common? Bench trials are far less common than jury trials in the federal system. In official 2018, only 12% of defendants who went to trial had their cases decided by a judge, while 88% had their cases decided by a jury. Questions to my wonderful students. Which type of trial? We know Now, we know that you guys wouldn't violate the law. We know that, okay? <laughs> we know that you don't have a law-breaking bone in your body, all right? Absolutely not. Okay. No. All right. Very good. You're not even capable of doing that. Now, look, but if you did violate the law, which type of trial would you prefer a judge or a jury trial? Starting with you, Alexander. I would prefer a bench trial. Oh, really? I, I would, because I, I feel like most most trials, the judge, since the judge knows like the law to supposed to know it to a T, I feel like if it was a jury trial, there might be some feelings that might get that they might bring into the verdict and could go against my favor. Whereas the judge is supposed to keep his opinion out, but keep it to the facts. Okay, all right. What about you, El? I would choose a jury jury trial just because I wouldn't want just a single person deciding. Like I'm going to use the word fate here. I wouldn't want them deciding like what would happen with the rest of my life. And not, and I feel like I'd be better represented with more than one perspective about my case. And um, like, for example, if it was just a white man, then how would I know that I'm being accurately represented, especially since it's just one perspective deciding just my entire case. Wonderful. Awesome, Ella. Attorneys and their clients have two types of jury challenges they can use to eliminate potential jurors. Per impetory challenges varies from state to state in terms of how many you can get. But each side in a case has a certain number of challenges that need not be supported by any reason. Although a party may not use such a challenge in a way that discriminates against certain kinds of groups, such as racial minority or one gender. So you have per impetory challenges and then you have challenges for cause. Now, the challenges for cause are unlimited. A request that a prospective juror be dismissed because there is a specific 
and forceful reason to believe the person cannot be fair, unbiased, or capable of serving as a juror. We've come to the big question of today. Now that we've educated our audience on jury selection, how important do you think jury selection will be if former President Donald Trump is indicted? And you, I know you guys know what an indictment is because we've actually studied that as well. So beginning with you, Alexander, how important would you think that the jury selection would be? It would definitely be hard to grab a group of jurors, especially with all the media coverage of everything in his presidency and everything after. So it'd be hard to come with an unbiased group here. But I think it'd be fair for him if he wanted a jury. It it would be interesting to see how many they could come up with. Okay. What do you think, Elle? Um, I have to agree with Alexander here. (laughs) I think with um, how politicized everything has become and how divided we've become politically, it's going to be very difficult to find an unbiased group of people to serve as jurors for this. I am interested to see if this actually plays out with him being indicted. And it's going to change the way that we move forward with like criminal cases and presidents in the future if this does actually follow through. And I'm Looking forward to hear more coverage on this. (laughs) Yeah, this has got my interest because, as we mentioned earlier, obviously no former president has ever been indicted. And so I'm just wondering if he's arrested, if he's going to be handcuffed, is he going to be taken on a perpetrator's walk, if he actually is going to have to do a mug shot. And so, yeah, one of the things that we know He's the master of distractions. Is he not? Is he not the master of distractions? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that he's probably going to do is that he's probably going to file all kinds of motions. The defense can seek to have the government produce additional evidence. It can seek to transfer the case to a federal jurisdiction or seek a change of venue due to alleged biases, as you guys were mentioning, because right now this is taking place or it would take place in Manhattan, in New York. And so even though he was born and raised in New York, the people in New York ain't too fond of this brother. Would you agree? Absolutely. All right. That was a lot, I know. (laughs) But I do want to know what y'all's favorite constitutional right is, beginning with you, Ella. All right. My favorite constitutional amendment is the Eighth Amendment. Okay. Um, I've always been interested in this amendment for some reason. I think my most recent um, connection with the Eighth Amendment has been, I wrote a paper for my current issues class and it was about mass incarceration. And I discussed whether or not disenfranchisement is a form of cruel and unusual punishment. I've always just been interested in the Eighth Amendment and what we determine is a form of cruel and unusual punishment. And I really like analyzing this amendment. Wonderful. You didn't have happen to wander across Michelle Alexander. I did. In the new Jim Crow. Yes. Mass incarceration. You did. It's a very good textbook. Yes. Awesome. Okay. You said it's a very good textbook. You actually are in a class that's using that. Oh, I'm not in a class that's using that. My, um, my mom teaches sociology. Oh, that's right. So, so she has a copy of the New Jim Crow, and I've used it for multiple research papers and assignments that I've done. 
in the past. And it's really, it's a really good book to use. Wonderful. All right. Alexander? The good old Fifth Amendment. Okay. It's my, it's my favorite. Any specific gotta, reason why? I feel like you shouldn't have to incriminalize yourself if you choose not to. And it's nice to have a, a lawyer present if you're being questioned since they know the law probably better than you. So you, they know what you can, should and should not answer and how to work your way around those questionings. Okay. Very good. All right. Segment three, being a voice for change. As an emerging adult who grew up in a predominantly white America, what say Alexander and Ella about white supremacy and Black Lives Matter? Beginning with you, Ella. Oh, where do I start with this? (laughs) I think that I personally have a really interesting connection with the Black Lives Matter movement. My dad is um, the police chief over at ICU. And I remember when the Black Lives Matter movement was really starting to become prevalent during 2020 with the George Floyd case. There was so much violence that was happening. And I still, I, I can't believe that people don't think that white supremacy doesn't exist and how people can't see that racism is still just as here and now, especially with Florida and what's been going on with AP African Americans history mm-hmm. course and the banning of that. And also with just trying to get rid of woke ideology, trying to stray away from teaching about race. It's awful. I don't understand why we still have need to have this discussion in society, especially since we have so much evidence of it. It's still such a relevant topic and the fact that we keep trying to suppress that information especially for younger children who are still learning <laughs> how to interact with society yeah because if you were because if you were in florida yeah you you couldn't even talk to your buddy about race issues no you can't <laughs> you, you can't even you can't even talk about being a good neighbor right I mean, you know there's historically speaking there's a whole lot of things that have happened in America with race that is positive. Mm -hmm. You know, like I always say, Martin Luther King came here to Bloomington Normal. This was one of the first places that he came during during the Civil Rights Movement. He came to Illinois Wesleyan twice and participated in their lecture series. And, you know, so there are good things that happen in our history that could be taught. And things can be covered from a positive standpoint. What do you think, Alexander? I would agree with you guys fullheartedly. Especially white supremacy is stuff they sell around, especially down south. They still have those sundown towns down in the Louisiana area. It's funny that you should mention that because I, as you guys know, I'm the internship coordinator for Illinois State University. And one of my interns is in a county here in Illinois. And one of the things that he said is that he's like, Mr. Bingham, this county in this city, the county seat of this particular county is interesting because there used to be a sundown. What do you say, Alexander, a sundown town? town? Yeah. Yeah. So for all those of you that don't know, a sundown town was where African-Americans had to be out of that town by the time the sun went down or else they could be on the receiving end of some type of violent act. 
Right. Correct. Okay. All right. Very good. And so would it be fair to say that Ella, you and Alexander agreed that white supremacy does exist and that black lives do matter? Yes. All right. Very good. All right. So now I want to ask you guys some questions that according to <laughs> Ella's already taking a deep breath. I just want to ask you guys some questions that you guys seem to have diverse opinions about. And so that's good. First of all, I asked everybody that's on the show what they would like to see the Biden administration accomplish. So beginning with you, Alexander, what, would it, what is it that you would like to see the Biden administration accomplish? I just picked the uh, student debt forgiveness. You trying to help out Mr. Bingham. Right, exactly. <laughs> Gotta help my fellow brother out here. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Wonderful, Alexander. Okay. Okay, what about you, Ella? <laughs> As you know from my <laughs> pre pre survey, I'm really disappointed in the Biden administration right now. Oh, okay. Uh, I must have missed that part. Oh, <laughs> really? You didn't see that? I didn't. I, um, so over spring break, I had been following like news about the Willow Project in particular and the signing to basically sell Alaska for mining for natural resources and petroleum, things like that. Mm -hmm. And it really, it really frustrates me when I hear about that, because especially since that the Biden administration has been portrayed as like the party and like the administration that's going to tackle climate change and actually make a difference. But they Biden signs and act like this. And this is not productive to the fight for climate, like to change climate change. Like, and it's, it's really frustrating, especially since I had so much hope, like at the beginning of his presidency. And it's really sad to see the administration ignore especially young people and their fight for the environment. Okay. All right. Very good. So climate change. Here's a something that you guys actually have a differing of opinion on. And that is, at least I think I read it right. The legalization of marijuana. What did you say, Alexander? I feel like the, it shouldn't be the federal government's, they shouldn't have the final say in the legalization of marijuana. I feel like it should just be let the states decide on what they believe is best. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. And so then the fact that Illinois has legalized marijuana and is not legal at the federal level, then individuals can still be arrested and found in violation of the law at the federal level. Correct. Okay. All right. Ella, what's your thought? I personally don't think <laughs> it should be legal in the federal level. I still think that we should legalize marijuana at the federal level because I personally don't see it as much of a crime to have possession of marijuana. And I always compare the possession of marijuana to the possession of like nicotine products and how we basically treat weed as a a crime compared to the possession of nicotine products. And honestly, I feel like if we did legalize weed nationwide, I do think that that would bring in a lot of tax revenue <laughs> and that would help the country economically as well. 
not only will it help with people who are arrested for possession of marijuana, but it will also financially with the state of the economy. Okay. Awesome. All right. Let me see if I can find another one where you guys are showing a little diversity in thought. So you'll be able to check that pro in that in that post survey. You'll be able to check. Yeah, there was some diversity. <laughs> OK, I think y'all differ on this one. Free community college. Ella, what did you say? I said yes. <laughs> OK, tell us why. I don't think education should be capitalized upon. I think education is essential to every human being <laughs> and it's an essential part of society and the state of it. It's, it's an essential part of our country and how our country works. And if we use money as a way to block people from getting education, then how is that helping our society? How is that helping develop our nation? How is that help? How does that help? We, progress society as well, get new perspectives, new ideas, make profound thoughts and opinions. And if we block people from having community college and an education at all, then then what are we doing here? <laughs> okay. All right. Alexander, I think you might have a different opinion. I said no. Okay. It, it should definitely, the cost could definitely be brought down. It shouldn't be free entirely, but it could definitely be a lower price. Any, so I would definitely, I would definitely be in favor of a cheaper option. Okay, because I know you're trying to help out, Mr. Bingham. So, I, so I know <laughs> you. So yes. I know you got compassion for the for, for the poor man. <laughs> All right, wonderful. Well, I want to thank you guys for for being guests on the show today. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Taylor versus Louisiana, a woman's right to serve on a chromo jury, the importance of jury selection, the difficulty in selecting a jury for former President Trump, and how to make America a better place to live. Until next time, keep living your best life. God bless and Godspeed. Mm-hmm.